You're listening to Meanwhile, episode six. Today we'll be talking about how to deal with those darn things we've all experienced called bad days. When you wake up on the wrong side of the bed or things just don't seem to be going right for a given day, week, or even a month. And a few techniques on how to overcome them and bounce back. Let's get started. Michael Melcher, good to be with you, my friend. Hey, Michael Terrell, good to be with you as well. What's going on? Well, what's going on is me in a travel sense. I'm in Mexico City right now as we speak. All right. I, I decided to take a little daddy-only vacation. Good um, for you. Yeah. So our listeners may or may not know that I have 18-month-old identical twin sons who are great and... Um, it's somewhat of an exhausting endeavor between the childcare and the work. So I decided to take a little holiday for myself. A little recharge time. Well, you would think. <laughs> so, that was the plan, huh? That was the plan. <laughs> so I'm staying in this very nice hotel, Las Alcobas. Number one, recommended on TripAdvisor. Wow, fancy. Um, although not the most expensive. So it's just fancy enough. Value fancy. Value fancy. Awesome. <laughs> And I'm having this recollection of the last time I was here, which was six years ago. I came for training, and I felt kind of sick all week, and I later concluded that I had altitude sickness the entire time, um, because Mexico City is 7,380 feet above ground. I just looked Ooh. that up, Oh, which is kind of a lot. It's higher than Denver. And so I definitely feel a little bit off, and I don't know if it's altitude sickness or just... Oh, you travel in a new place and then you get there and you're like, now why did I want to come here? Right. Or, or you know, sometimes I get, uh, I'm working really intensely before I go and then I carry some of that excessive whatever with me. Totally. totally. But it brings me to this topic of, <laughs> so this is my amazing holiday and I'm kind of eh, <laughs> about the whole thing. Oh uh, no. And there are a lot of times in life when we're kind of eh or even lower Sure. Even lower, yeah. like having a low energy day or kind of a shitty day or being just worn out. Yeah. And, um, and what are we supposed to do about that when that yeah. happens? It can happen to us in the number one rated TripAdvisor hotel in some new city. It can happen <laughs> <laughs> in our day-to-day lives. You just wake up on the wrong side of the bed, sometimes literally. And yeah, it just sort of is a crap day. You know, it seems a little dimmer out and, and we all have been there. So let's riff on that a little bit today. It's very, by the way, it's very dim and overcast. I did not think to look at weather conditions, but apparently late September, early October in Mexico City is very hazy, um, which is probably not my ideal weather situation, but who knows? Well, I'll take take notes for my future trips there. And yeah, you know, I get up on on a day and if it's cloudy, I think that makes it a little harder for me, particularly when I'm in need of a recharge. So I feel you, my friend, I feel you. And there are those days that it could just be a day, you're feeling kind of crappy, it could be a week, Uh, it could be one interaction in a day, or sometimes it feels like you've entered a whole swath of your life that is defined by a kind of crappiness. Right. And all of those can raise questions, what am I doing, and should I do something differently, and am I stuck here, or am I supposed to be getting out of this and being happier somehow? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, that internal monologue, it's easy to go to, whether it's just a, a day or two or it's, you know, more days strung together, like you're saying. You know, we don't like 
all of us mostly don't enjoy being in that place. (laughs) (laughs) Don't feel like, you know, we all have shitty days and no one likes to swim in that. Uh, It's not in my top 10. No, no, I wouldn't pick it if I, you know, could choose every day. And so there's this, you know, intra personal element that's just crappy, you know, our own experience with ourselves. But then oftentimes when I'm there, I find that it leads to, you know, poorer interactions with other people. And it feels like the the nature of my relationships and, and connections with colleagues or friends is a little less good on those days as well. And, and then even sort of in my work product, um, even if it's truly work or it's something more personal, I feel it's kind of less creative you know, less focused and more irritable and distractible. And so it sort of like has this, these shit days can roll downhill. I think it's fair to say that coaches are upbeat people or people who espouse (laughs) upbeatness as a sort of approach to life or as a, as a good goal. And people may expect that we would come up with lots of prescriptions and clever tips for how to get out of this. And it's true. We can sometimes do that for ourselves or, clients so let me just ask you like okay so you're in a what would you do in my situation or in any situation where you're just feeling kind of bad for the moment yeah how do i snap out of it uh well Well, do you snap out of it are you supposed to snap out of it yeah yeah how do i change things well there's there's a couple of different things that come to mind for me the first actually though is (laughs) the thing that's floating into my mind is i don't know if you saw that great movie i think it was pixar uh called inside out came out last year sometime. Did you see this film? No, but a lot of coaches recommended it. Oh, <laughs> it, was, really? it was hot. On, it was so, the, I'm just, there was a lot of buzz. I'm just stereotypically, world. I'm falling into the coach bucket. Yeah, well, just put that stamp on my forehead this morning. It's fine. It's fine. I can roll with it. Anyways, the, the whole moral of that story, if there is one, is that you know, being, sad, being sad is okay. Um, having a bad day is okay. And it's not necessarily to actually deal most effectively with it. It's not about pushing it away and pretending that it's not there, but instead is actually kind of being like, oh, just recognizing what state you're in and letting you kind of having the courage to let yourself feel it for a little bit, not necessarily wallow in it, but be like, oh, I'm kind of having a shitty day or I'm, you know, I'm feeling kind of down today. Hmm. Let me just like take a few breaths. Let that be okay. And oftentimes that it doesn't, it's not like the clouds part and my day has changed, but I do find a greater sense of, I think, just peace and comfort in the midst of what's not an awesome day. If I'm, if I enable myself to just admit, oh, it's kind of one of those days, as opposed to being in this place of like, let me pretend that it's really not that bad and, uh, and feel this sort of tension around the fact that it hasn't been a great day. Well, you said in an earlier um, topic that your father had some sage wisdom when he said, separation is the cause of all suffering. So if you are denying how you're feeling or feeling like you're not supposed to feel that way, to some degree you're denying the reality that you're, you're in. Yeah. You feel this weird, I don't know what you call it, but it it feels even worse than the feeling. I, I had this great shrink for a few years and he would say, you want Michael, he was Israeli. Uh, (laughs) The idea is to feel your feelings. Feel them. Don't deny them. Don't act out on them. Just (laughs) feel them. Yeah. So there's something there. So part of it's just feeling where you're at. And sometimes that's enough. And sometimes it's not. Yeah, I often find it's a good starting point. 
Um, but then there are things that I'll layer on top of it, as I'm sure you have other go-tos. What, what, after you sort of, Michael, feel your feelings, feel them, <laughs> then what do you do? What are your other go-tos? So one thing that I do, I do a lot of self-coaching. And the, there's something called the perspectives wheel that uh, CTI, which stands for Coaches Training Institute, um, I did not go there, but a lot of people do. That's one of their big things. And so basically, the idea is that if you're in a situation, you can think about changing your circumstances. You can also think about changing your perspective or your mindset, or maybe both. And so this exercise, it encourages you to really dig into what are some alternative perspectives you could have in the same situation. You're not really trying to correct yourself. You're just trying to explore beyond what your automatic thing is. So it's really simple and fun. You take a piece of paper, you draw a circle as large as the paper, and then you divide it into eight pizza segments. And then you write a different perspective in each one. So the first one might be, I was going to have this amazing time in Mexico City, and I just feel kind of off and low energy, and so far it's not fun, right? And you can kind of label that, so that might be, my trip isn't fun the way it's supposed to be. Like, that's kind of my perspective. Sure. And then I could ask myself, okay, what's another way of looking at it? That doesn't deny the first one, but it's just a different way of looking at it. The other one could be, well, actually, travel's always like this for me. So I, I love traveling, and then every single time... I go someplace the night before I'm thinking, Oh, I have to pack. Why am I going on this trip? I should just stay home. And then when I get there, particularly if it's overseas or in a developing country, there's this kind of like polluted traffic filled drive from whatever airport you're in to the main mm -hmm. part of the city. And it's mm -hmm. universally ugly. You can be in Bangkok, you can be in Beijing, you can be in JFK airport in New York city. You can be anywhere. The drive to the air from the airport to your whatever will not be pleasant. And then you, the real travel kicks in later. So anyway, that perspective is, oh, uh, I actually always feel this way when I travel. Right. <laughs> it's, there, there's no real insight here. And then you keep on going around the circle to try to come up with other perspectives. So, you know, just having you inhabit my reality for a second, what would be like another perspective I could have on this? I might say, you know, I've been working really hard. And I often find that when I pump the brakes, it's sort of like I get a little whiplash. And, you know, of course, I'm feeling the effects of that. But I often settle in a day or two into that experience. I love it. So brake, pump, whiplash. Yeah. B-P-W-L. Um, yes. Okay. And what would be another perspective? This is a fun exercise because I get to imagine I'm you for a second. Yeah, and they don't all uh, have to be good. I mean, you can have, like, bad perspectives, too. Like, there's yeah. no rule they have to be nice perspectives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I think I could say uh, something about the weather or the pollution. Like, oh, I've forgotten how much uh, cloud cover and, you know, hazy smog really, really gets to me. Like, ah, that's that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very weather-affected. That's true, actually. Mm -hmm. It could be everywhere. Um, yeah. Another perspective is this could be an opportunity to just sit in the moment and take it moment by moment and not have any expectation of mm. what um, I should be doing. Yeah, maybe another perspective that's somewhat similar to that is I could experiment with like a little nesting weekend. I think, you know, oftentimes 
we travel somewhere, I'm going to get out, I'm going to go to museums and shows or going to, you know, have food and, and get out and see friends or whatever it is. But instead be like, I'm going to do a little staycation and just sort of make a den and I'm going to take a bubble bath and, you know, <laughs> hang out, read a book. Yes. So staycation just happens to be elsewhere. Right. Um, and I will say that for me that works because I'm not very good at staycations in my own city. I really need this kind of separation. Another perspective is, um, as you were saying that I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go back and people are going to be expecting me to report on my amazing trip and what I did. And, Oh, did you see this cathedral? Did you go (laughs) climb this pyramid? Like, I don't want to climb any damn pyramid. I did that years ago. And, and so I get this tension thinking how I'm supposed to explain this great opportunity that I'm not making use of. But another perspective is, eh, I'll just lie. I'll just make up some story for the crowd, <laughs> but then I'll secretly just like never leave my hotel and read books the whole time. And I like that kind of, you know, I can, I can have my own conspiracy against the world and just do yeah. what I want to do. No, yeah. no honest reporting on this one. It's all, <laughs> it's all a fabrication. I'm really in, in Indiana. No, I'm not. I'm in, <laughs> anyway, I guess, I so guess I wouldn't know. So we go through this perspectives wheel and Really, by the time you get to like number four, five, six, seven, eight, you're you're looking at things from a different angle. And then what you do is you kind of go around and you ask yourself, okay, well, which ones of these seem most true and uh, which ones do you like? Like what gives you the the right energy? Mm-hmm. And I will say, one, this... Uh, break, pump, whiplash, that feels really true to me because I think actually whatever I'm feeling I would have felt before I was going. That's why I really needed to get away. I was kind of ground mm-hmm. down and mm-hmm. this was an effort for me to do it. And then kind of last one, like, you know what? I, I'm a, I'm a grown up. I'm allowed to do the experiences that I want to have. And frankly, many of my friends would respect staying in a nice hotel and just reading books and having yeah. good dinners rather than, uh, Find tchotchkes outside the giant pyramids, <laughs> which I've seen before anyway, and right. probably when they were less overrun by tourists, like 25 years ago. So, the, so anyway, this perspective of, oh, guess what? I'm all happy now and fun and, you know, it, it's just different. And I've used this all the time. Um, I often use it before I do presentations or workshops because I weirdly get nervous before public speech public yes, speech so, that's yeah public speech speechifying even though i've done it a zillion times but i do and so i'll walk around this um and it'll give me a much more interesting perspective so that's yeah. a way of kind of saying all right do i really feel crappy today or is it a slightly different thing i'm feeling and the sure. you know weird mood may be the first one that comes to mind but it could be there's some other truth that's more interesting and the reason we do this is that your perspective tends to have an effect on your feelings and that tends to have an effect on your actions, which then reinforces the whole thing. Totally. So already I feel kind of lighter. Well, I, li- I love, I love the, this tool because it, it does, it's about intercepting that internal monologue, like what that maybe subconscious inner monologue is that's in, uh, affecting, you know, how we're feeling about our day. And I really liked how you connected the mental to the physical and then how that often manifests in the the behavior we take and then it can sort of be this big cycle that, you know, doubles back on itself. And, you know, that brings me to another set of techniques I'll often use, you know, sometimes you wake up and it's a crappy day and you sort of think it, it's like, Oh, Hmm, bad day. Other times I think I said, wake up on the wrong side of that. Sometimes you wake up and it's like, Oh, I'm actually physically in, I'm either in pain or I'm in discomfort or I, you know, slept wrong. I had a crink in my neck. And so sometimes it can, it can happen 
our bad day can happen actually on the physical level first. Like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Oh, I'm hungover. Oh, this. And that's sort of the impetus. And then the thoughts follow that. And then ultimately link to our behaviors, as you said. So one of the things that I'll sometimes try to do if I'm having a, a shitty day is just actually try to tune in to my physical state first. There's a saying that I've heard thrown around and, and it, keeps, it always comes up for me when I'm trying to get out of a bad day physically where it's that motion creates emotion. So oftentimes... Ooh, I'll, 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 ooh I like it. Print that onto a coffee bug, right? And so I will just try to put my body in motion somehow. So that might be if I'm, you know, I don't have a bunch of time, it might just be like, I'm going to do 50 jumping jacks before I walk into this meeting. It's always best when people catch you doing that too, because that's just hilarious. Or it's good branding. That's great branding. I wish my name was Jack. <laughs> uh, or it could be if I, you know, if I have some more time, just like get out and walk around my neighborhood uh, in a little uh, in a route that I don't normally take, or try to get a workout in. Try to actually change the physiology of my body, and that's going to actually change the way I feel uh, about my day, about what's going on. It's going to change sort of that inner monologue. Well, let me jump in on that because I think that when you are thinking about doing something about your mood, mm-hmm. there are two directions you can go. You can go, you can go internal. You can go external. Mm. You can do containment. You can do opening up. Yeah, and I think there's a lot to be said for the opening up. Um, there is research that shows that basically the more time you spend with yourself, the more likely your thoughts are to turn negative. When you mm. go out in the world, you have more to react to. Julia Cameron, who wrote all those books, The Artist's Way and other books on creativity, has a whole book about walking and how that opens up so much, just both the emotion and also being exposed. And one thing she talks about is, you know, get off the bus two blocks away from where you normally would or take a different subway stop or park in a different area because just changing your routine opens you up to new kinds of experiences because you're not filtering them out. I'm an extrovert. I, if I force myself to have a essentially meaningless but cheery, warm conversation with people, it helps. So even in the taxi ride over from the airport, where I was very tired, at first I was just going to sit there. And then uh, some driver was like aggressively cutting us off. So I just started talking to the driver. You're like, muy agresivos. He's like, oh, yes, that's how they are here. And, you know, I was able to make that connection. That will help. Now, that's not for everybody. There's another school of thought, though, which is sometimes what you need is more containment. So even as an extrovert, I can get overwhelmed, and maybe it's better for me to be still, to be alone, to actually not do anything for two hours before a lunch, just to kind of sit and putter around and be by myself and think my thoughts and do, do whatever. Yeah. That can also be a way of, of kind of rebalancing yeah, absolutely. I think when I go to containment, I often think about, well, in either scenario, really, um, asking myself the question, like, what is my default here? And because oftentimes when we're having a bad day, we go, the bad day perpetuates because we have these default set of thoughts or behaviors that we do. And, and it's comfortable to just sort of stay in those defaults, which in some cases sort of keeps us in this this crappy place. So instead, can I can I change it up a little bit? Like, oh, my default here is to just watch a TV show and yes. And I feel increasingly default is I'll check my phone. Oh, look at push notifications. Totally. That, 
I made a decision when I came on the trip. You know, I'm not. I think I'll not keep up with the election news. <laughs> yeah. I, I will. I will choose ignorance for four days because I know. I personally know that spending time online and the constant push notifications and that sort of instant gratification has a negative impact on me. It's not for everybody, but for me, I know for a fact that it does. And yeah. so I want to start freeing myself. And it's a lot easier to do that when you're in a little vacation mode. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to hear you're getting out of your de- your defaults this weekend. I hope that helps. And I just think that's been such a powerful question for me because it, it, it leads me to say or choose, let me do something slightly different. Let me just not eat lunch with my face in my phone or uh, on a call, but instead I'm just going to put like some music on. I'm going to turn on like Spotify, discover weekly, and I'm just going to sit here and listen to some music while I eat my lunch. It just, I, I'll do th- little things slightly different that bring out sort of like you were saying, getting off the bus a few stops early, uh, curiosity and just a mindfulness to my day that all of it, just, as I start to do those things just slightly differently, starts to change sort of the, the color and saturation of, of that day and is incrementally helpful a lot of the time. I started doing that recently with dinner. So often um, I come home, uh, hang out with the kids for a while. They go to bed. Um, I often have evening help as well. So I'll go to dinner. And every single parent I know carries with them their phone at all times of the day to prepare for mm. some uh, emergency, and which no one did when I was a kid because we didn't have those. And so recently right. I very boldly been leaving my phone at home when I go out to eat. And nice. just instructing the nanny, well, I'll be at either the Chinese restaurant or the Indian restaurant. So if there's an emergency, just run and get me. Right. Because what I would do is, you know, it'd be like 8 o'clock p.m. I'd be exhausted. I'd have a glass of wine, maybe two. I'd eat. I'd start texting random people looking at news. <laughs> and I would just get in that, that, that wormhole of interacting in this kind of, for me, fake way. And not actually relaxing. And... Mm-hmm. I'd be there longer and longer. Whereas what I do kind of like is bringing a book and just reading it or just doing nothing. And the getting out of my routine was actually the act of transgressive as it sounds, leaving my phone at home when I got to dinner turned out to make it very easy for me to enjoy myself. And by the way, my children have not been killed yet. So, so far, they're still living. They're still living. Good on that one. Yes. So I have another thought here. Um, Share away. One other thing to look at when you're having a crappy day is, is this a short-term or a long-term issue? Because so far, we've been talking about a lot of things that are effectively Mm -hmm. short-term. But there are times when the way you are feeling is really giving you information about longer-term issues or larger problems, let's say. Mm -hmm. And it could be that you're not really living your values, um, you're you're living in a way that doesn't represent what you want out of life. Right. Not living your values could be that you're in a job that doesn't really suit you. Um, you're in a relationship that, that is not really suitable for you. Your physical health has issues. It could be any of those things. So it could be something to pay attention to. Do I need to make changes? But another way of looking at it is that at times there are longer term changes going on that are manifesting themselves as a really difficult thing. There's this idea called cocooning that we'll talk about in more detail in another broadcast, but what it really refers to is that there are times in your life when you are going through a major growth shift. So just as a tree in the Northeast looks different in the winter than it does from the summer, sometimes your life feels differently than it does at time when it 
seems to be at it, at its peak. So mm-hmm. when you're in a cocooning time, you're digging in, you're going inside, you're figuring out what's changed, what do I need to let go of. You're feeling very blank. You're feeling like you don't quite know who you are. But that's mm-hmm. actually a really natural kind of growth period. And it, in some ways, undoes itself. Eventually, you come out of the cocoon because you're just ready. You've done the reflection. You've grown in a different way. And, and you're ready to re-engage in life, possibly in a somewhat different way. Well, what I like about that, I'm, I'm tying it back to your uh, wheel, perspectives wheel exercise. And I can imagine, you know, being in one of those phases where it's, you know, week after week or, or month after month, in some cases even, feeling sort of off or down or blank, as you say, and being one one slice of my wheel pizza there could be like, oh my God, like my life is awful and over or miserable. Could be one perspective, but working my way around that wheel to, to label it cocooning and actually think about it in the cyclical way through the seasons could actually be a perspective that would doesn't take it all away, but give me a sense of, of resilience and and optimism and sort of curiosity about what what spring will be like. So, yeah, that'll be cool. I'll definitely bear that in mind for myself and, and other folks I know who go through that sort of thing. So there's one other tool that can be really useful when you're looking at how to deal with a bad day. And it comes from the work of Martin Seligman, who is known as the founder of positive psychology. And his first book that got huge acclaim, or at least that I noticed, was called Learned Optimism. Mm-hmm. Um, research shows that optimists basically are happier than pessimists. They achieve more than pessimists, even though pessimists may actually be more realistic about life. So some people are naturally optimistic, but this guy studied what optimists versus pessimists actually do. And so there's a specific formula for interpreting any experience, and it goes by the acronym of PIG versus SET. So P-I-G versus S-E-T. And you can apply this to any situation you're, you're in. So example would be, I'm in Mexico City, plan this great vacation. So far, it doesn't feel like a great vacation. How do I think of that? So if I'm a pessimist, I use the acronym PIG, which means permanent, uh, internal, and general. So permanent, all right, this trip was a big waste, uh, waste of time, waste of money. It's uh, been pretty useless. Internal, and it's because I didn't properly plan this. I did it very seat of my pants. I should have known better. It's my fault um, to have come here. General, and by the way, my business is having problems. I have relationship issues, and I think I should get out of New York City because it's making me crazy. So you take one example, mm. and then you just feel generally bad about yourself. Whereas the optimist uses the acronym SET, which stands for Specific, External, and Temporary. Specific. Mm. Okay, on this first day of my vacation, I'm feeling somewhat mixed physically, and I haven't yet done anything that seems particularly fun. Although, hotel's nice. External. Well, when you travel, there's a lot of uh, stress from that jet lag. Adapting to a city, it's kind of polluted, and I'm in a new culture. That's all around me. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> and temporary, okay, uh, let's see how I feel tomorrow. And yeah, you can really nice. apply this to anything, and it really, really works. Mm, I really like that. I totally see it. I think this difference between the, the pessimistic lens being this desire to, to generalize and catastrophize and snowball into 
how not only this is bad, but all these other things are bad and it's intrinsic to me versus the, the more resiliently optimistic lens, which is it's data. It's a data point. There are many other data points throughout the rest of my day. Tomorrow's going to be a new set of data and there's just a real resilience in that. So thank you for, thank you for sharing that. The last thing I wanted to say about dealing with, with bad days is kind of comes to the interpersonal piece. And, you know, you and I have played this out both during this conversation and as we prepared for the podcast today, which is often when we feel bad, there's some level of vulnerability associated with that. And the thought of sharing that vulnerability with somebody else uh, for many of us is kind of a, is a blocker, you know, say, Hey, how you doing? Or, you know, how are things going? And we often default to good, uh, great, you know, fine, fine is sometimes an indicator that maybe I have a little bit of a bad day happening, but we, we often kind of hold back. And I'll just say that being able to, and particularly being somebody who processes externally, like you do, having somebody name it and be able to hear it, not in a way where I need to make it all better to be like, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Like I can, I can relate to that in my own way, shape or form. Both my experience when I'm the one sharing that kind of again, makes it okay to be there. And I feel a little more, a little more open and less sort of like, Oh, I'm over here in my corner having a bad day. Don't let anybody know, you know, which is, which is helpful to be able to just share that out. And I find that it often gives people a really important uh, indicator for how to interpret my behavior, Oh yeah, which is, which is really valuable because, you know, we're having a bad day and we, we snipe away at somebody at, at work or, uh, you know, we overreact to our partner in some way. And if they don't know, we haven't chosen to take that somewhat vulnerable risk to say, you know what, I'm just really tired or I'm, I'm stressed out. I've got these three things going on and I'm, I'm really not sure how they're going to work out. If we don't share that context, it can be very easy for us to, to try to interpret the other person's behavior and take it personally. Like, oh, they must not like working with me or, oh, you know, that, that person's a real bitch or, you know, whatever sort of harsh judgment we could go to versus if we share a little bit about where I we think are, we can help people know. How to react. I think it's fair to say that we're about three times more transparent than we think we are. So while we may think we're holding it yeah. all in, people are not idiots. <laughs> right. They can read faces. They can feel energy. They know something's going on. They also know that we're choosing not to say anything about it. So if you bring it up, you're giving permission for them to acknowledge the reality that they're experiencing. In a weird way, we hesitate to bring it up because we think it'll be a big deal. But by bringing it up, it becomes right. a smaller deal. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered how to deal with bad days. <laughs> I think we're. I think we kicked I think that we, one. Yeah. I, I think, think we, we nailed, nailed it. it. You know, this is thirty minutes of you know how to the antidote to uh, bad days. I want to for it. I want to listen always. to this podcast. This is some good stuff. Well, good news is, I'll post it and tell you where <laughs> okay. to find it. Therefore, we have some homework you guys can try this week. Uh, two exercises. The first one is the perspectives wheel. So the next time you're having just a moment, <laughs> some kind of weird feeling or anticipation or anxiety about something, try the perspectives wheel and see what are some other ways of looking at that. And are there, is there another way that, that speaks more to you? And the second thing is to put in practice Martin Seligman's formula for comparing the pessimistic outlook versus the optimistic outlook which is pig, permanent, internal, general, versus set, specific, external, and temporary, and see what results you get. I'm sure people have powerful experience with those tools. I know you and I have. And 
can't wait to chat with you next time, my friend. This has been fun. Mm-hmm.